When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hi there, I'm Mike Waters, and we're back with another Inside Syracuse Basketball Podcast, presented by Krause Health, the official partner of Syracuse Athletics, providing the latest technology and expertise for the treatment of stroke and cardiac emergencies. Today on the podcast, I'm joined by former Syracuse basketball player Howard Trish. I talked with Howard about growing up in Syracuse, how he initially wanted to go away to college, and how he finally decided to go to his hometown school. We talked about his Syracuse career, and of course, the 1987 NCAA championship game. Well, welcome back to another edition of the Inside Syracuse Basketball Podcast. And today, uh, we've got a guy who I didn't actually cover uh, when he was playing at Syracuse, but I've known him for a long time, and I'm excited to have him on the podcast. Uh, Former Syracuse player Howard Trish. Welcome to the podcast, Howard. How are you? <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, I think you were probably, I think, I'm sure I'm older. So I think you were probably still in school at the time that I played, perhaps. But I uh, don't things are going know. well. Um, I don't know that you're older. I just know that I missed you by two years when I came up. Oh, okay. In Maybe I just look older. Yeah. I think I got you by a year or so. so oh, okay. You know, so we can trade some old war stories let, and everything. I'll let you have that. I'll let you be older. That's fine. <laughs> um, we'll, we'll get we'll get somebody from the 1966 team in here next time. So I'm young. Oh, there you go. <laughs> I really feel young. All right. So, you know, one thing I've always wanted to ask you, uh, you're not only a former Syracuse player, but you're a Syracuse native. You went to Corcoran High School. Um why did you decide to stay home and play at Syracuse? <laughs> what was funny was I always wanted to go away. And uh, it just became, I don't want to say this, the last resort per se. Uh, I just, uh, I guess I eliminated the other schools and found that Syracuse was indeed the place that I should play at. Um, I actually verbally committed to Texas A&M. Uh, but they had some issues with uh, Shelby Metcalf and then the AD at the time. I think it was Jackie Sherrill. Oh. Uh, there was something crazy going on at the time between them and uh, that I never um, actually, I guess, said it in public or whatever. But I had verbally said, hey, yeah, that's the place. I had some family down that way. So I thought it might have been cool to go away. You know, everybody – they go away, you know, figure out what you want to do with your life, go away. And uh, then the next school I visit was St. John's. And uh, that was more impersonal. 
I found going to New York City and so forth. I found that was a little bit impersonal. They didn't really have the the degree degree program that I that I wanted. And I had to do I would have had to do an independent like study in a sense to get, and I wasn't prepared for that. And uh, I think the other other school I went to was um, BU, Boston University. Okay. Uh, that was Rick Patino was the coach then. And, um, but it kind of really came down with St. John's, Texas A&M, and one other school I can't remember uh, besides Syracuse. And then I just, you know, kind of eliminated them and found myself at Syracuse. I never said I didn't want to go to Syracuse. Um, you know, Coach Band pointed a good thing. You know, Texas A&M wanted me to point, be point guard. That was when, you know, they had started, you know, point guard being 6'5 or, or, or taller because I could handle the ball. But um, St. John's and, and Syracuse saw me as the same thing, for, you know, pretty much a two or three. Um, man, and you know, coach was funny. He said, When I told him about Texas AM or point guard, he's like, You're not a point guard, come on. <laughs> he's, he's usually right about most things, so I didn't really see myself as a point guard. I'm more of a you know, in the trenches kind of, kind of guy I get from playing football for a lot of years, so um, I don't think I was more of the finesse kind of player that a point guard would typically be. So that's how I got to Syracuse. You played football. Um, how, how long in, did you play it in high school? Yeah, I stopped my sophomore year. Um, and I stopped playing baseball then too. It just got to be boring. Um, I guess I didn't really like uh, preseason, like uh, August. It was hot. and You know, I just – Kind of that kind of just turned me off, and um, I think I would have been a great tight end. Um, I I love I played football probably the longest in baseball than I have basketball. Um, you know, I was playing in the streets and in the neighborhood football. I thought I was pretty good tight end and you know wide receiver. So, but you know. I always loved diving for loose balls on the basketball court. That was that was that would always bring me back because I would dive at the players and more so than the ball. <laughs> and that's how you end up with it. You know, they teach you to don't jump in front, dive in front um, to recover the ball. So uh, that's what I always did. It was it was a lot of fun. Wow. So, and when what position were you in baseball? Um, well, I always pitched. Uh, but as I got older, my arm, you know, I don't think I was tall as, as well as I should as far as pitching. My arm would always be bothering me. Um, then I played center field. I needed a position that was action. So I thought center field was, was and then I ended up moving to first base. Um, and then, you know, baseball got to be really boring. I mean, it's, you know, it's basketball, there's always something going. It just, it was really tough to to keep going and, and practice. And as you go in, you know, up in, in levels, it's, you know, there's a more commitment to practice. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't able to commit that kind of practice, either football, basketball, you know, football or baseball that you needed. Um, and then I started, you know, playing more basketball. So it was, 
it was kind of a process of elimination, just like the schools were, you know, after a while as, as well. So it's kind of a natural progression. I guess it was more organic. My decisions were than, than, than you know, kind of playing pros and cons, I guess. Now, when you do decide to go to Syracuse, correct me if I'm wrong, but that means you're in the same recruiting class as Pearl Washington. Yeah. Well, we weren't up against each other, so. But, you know, that that, that was a whole different, you know, we all benefit, (laughs) Uh, Greg Greg and myself and and, uh, some of the other players recruited and came in, you know, George Papadakis, uh, I believe it was four of us. Um, we always, we always laugh and say, God, that was, he was, he was like a shop steward. Cause he, uh, he brought us all kinds of stuff that we were able to do. You know, we were the first class really to stay off, you know, stay out of the dorms as freshmen. We were the first class to stay off campus. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. And, and that was because of Pearl? That was because of Pearl. It was, <laughs> that was very easy to put together. Cause, uh, you know, and, you know, we benefited some other things as well and uh, from from Dwayne being there. Uh, and 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 it should be, you know, they should have, you know, taken care of. I think he was really, the, really the top recruit uh, for coach and in uh, an excitement level standpoint, uh, Dwayne. Uh, pretty funny. Was, uh, you know, and coach sat us down. He said, you know, uh, and I'll see if I get this right. I kind of sometimes screw this up the way, way he says it is that, you know, you have to remember that I'll treat you fairly, but everyone won't be treated the same. And that was preferencing the Pearl standpoint. You know, one thing a coach does is that he understands the players and, you know, you can't treat everyone the same. Um, you can treat them fairly. You can't treat everyone the same. I mean, there's, there's rules that, you know, you come in late, there's such an happens. And, you know, I carried, always carry that over to my professional life, too, when managing people. It's a, I would share that as well. And I, I think that was a very important lesson that I took from coach. What was, what was Pearl like, uh, maybe off the court, back in those days? Um, you know, he, he really wanted, you know, wanted to have fun, uh, enjoy enjoy um you know his his time there there at Syracuse um you know pretty comical um uh, I was his roommate his freshman year so but you know I didn't really see him too much um his family was up all the time man they loved they loved him they would come up in bus loads and I got to know his his family pretty well and his girlfriend at the time uh, and uh I think we're, we're still friends and um, now, you know, his brother Beaver was, was pretty funny, boy, they would come up and, uh, you know, they would have almost, you know, they have 50, 60 people come up and, and, uh, you know, have tickets. And that means we don't, if we didn't have our parents or something, we wouldn't get tickets, but now, uh, you know, things are a little bit different as far as how they hand out tickets, uh, which is pretty funny, you know, and then the same thing would happen in New York, man, you know. People would come out of the woodworks to, you know, to have uh, ask uh, Dwayne for tickets and and so forth. And um, you know, as, as every game, you know, he just got to be bigger and bigger uh, from that stand. Pretty always humble. You know, we didn't really talk about basketball too much. Um, you know, uh, 
shy guy from central New York and, and uh, you know, Al going Dwayne. Um, you know, I learned a, learned a few things from him and uh, as, as things go. And I'm, I'm sure we taught each other some things that um, living in different uh, areas of the state, you know, brought, brought about. So it, it was, must have been was, wild going to play St. John's at the Garden or going to the Big East tournament at the Garden with, with, with Pearl leading the way. Yes, yes. Like I said, uh, as he as he got, you know, his showcase and his, you know, his confidence grew. Um, I think he always came in with with confidence and, and the ability that he can do because he had success doing those uh, things, handling the ball. Man, he was faster with the ball than without the ball and dribbled like inches from the floor. It was pretty spectacular. You know, he, anytime he had the ball, it was it was a lot tougher to catch than than without the ball. So it was like it was always just part of his hands. And then going, you know, in St. John's, uh, his girlfriend actually went to St. John's. So, um, you know, he knew players from there and, and, and so forth. So it was always pretty much a battle uh, for him. Um, and he took – took pride in, in that and so forth. And we had other players that were from New York as well. So it was, you know, in the time, Big East, that was, you know, those were huge rivals. You know, while Pearl hits the ground running, you know, and is a sensation basically from the, from the get-go, mm -hmm. you had a different experience. Uh, your first two years, I mean, you didn't, there were games where you didn't even get in uh, yeah. freshman and sophomore yeah. year. I think I had better success actually my freshman year than I did my, my sophomore year. Um, you know, um, I don't know. I'm not sure exactly why the difference in years standpoint, but you know, I, I had a, I had a little bit of problem adapting in the game. I always played well, you know, if it was empire state games or, you know, off season and, and so forth, it was probably more of the pressure of at Syracuse, I think, and relaxing and build and building confidence between coach and myself. So coach, I don't, you know, he probably always had confidence and knew that I could do. It's just me demonstrating that, you know, consistently on the court. Um, and I did contemplate leaving after my sophomore year. You um, did? Yeah. Yeah. I went to, <laughs> it's funny, I, I visited Northeastern. Jim Calhoun was there. He remembered me from five-star basketball camp and uh, uh, George Washington University. John Kuster was the coach. He was actually the assistant at BU when I was a visitor, and he played at North Carolina, and he went on and coached at um, – I think he coached the Bulls. Um, and uh, so it really actually – Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. You know, I was pretty much leaning to go to George Washington. I thought that was a great school and, um, you know, I had definitely a chance to play and so forth. But 
what what happened was Syracuse at the time we would you know every four years or somewhere around there the schools were allowed to go overseas and play. So that just happened to be the year that Syracuse was going overseas, and I had made a decision. And, you know, it's starting to be in August and school is going to be starting up, you know, in, in several weeks. And I still hadn't made a decision. Um, and then um, I talked, I remember talking to John Houston. I said, you know, he was like, oh, yeah, go on a trip. But he didn't realize something. School would already be started when I got back. So it was, you know, the trip was already a weekend, would be a weekend when school started. So that would be kind of a tough transition. And then I think I realized at that point that I don't think I'm going anywhere. Uh, so I went to, I don't, you know, I'm not really sure, actually, that it came to that. Maybe there might have been some chance of, of, of leaving. But when I went overseas, we, you know, we played and. I had to start. I mean, I had to play because I think a couple of guys were hurt and they didn't go on the trip or it might've been one that was still hurt. So, you know, I started during the whole time and I always had great summers and I think I played well and, uh, and coach saw that. And I think, I, I think we kind of build that confidence in each other together. And uh, so when I got back, I, I started my junior year. And, uh, and then was able, you know, I had some inconsistencies and, and so forth. Sometimes, you know, anxiety would creep creep back in. Um, I don't know if it was panic attacks or whatever. Um, it it might have been. It was more in my head than anywhere else. Um, so it will, you know, to continually work through that on occasions that you know that would come back. But um, I thought, you know, I had a pretty good junior year, and then obviously the senior year was was even more spectacular. Do you remember where that trip was to overseas? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I still <laughs> I still remember. We went to Greece, uh, Germany, and um, I can't remember. It was one more spot, but it was a it was a, a great it was a great tournament in Greece. Tel Aviv team played and um, they had some of the old NBA players there. Um I think, you know, we, I don't know if we were like 5,500 during the trip or, or we came up a few games ahead. Um, but it was, a, it was a great trip, great experience for me. Uh, and that, that you would have taken uh, Ronnie Cycli over with you and Greg Monroe and Sherman Douglas. Or... Yeah. Yeah. All those guys came. We actually went to Ronnie's house. Um, <laughs> what was funny is that, you know, he lived, there were all the ambassadors and, and, and so forth lived. And uh, well, I think we were, we were invited. We went to dinner we were at dinner, went to dinner and had dinner at his house. And he showed us a DJ booth he had in the back in his basement, which was funny because now he's a DJ and yeah. none of us are surprised because we kind of knew that, but didn't know to the, to the extent that he was. So we, it's funny and we crack up like fun, Sonny Spare and, um, you know, and, and, and guys, uh, we just, we, we crack up about that now. If we, you know, maybe he took it more serious than we thought. 
you know, he had his own little thing and equipment in the back. It was, I remember going around the back of his house and it was kind of under the house and it was a, a little studio that he had. And, um, he was, you know, house music junkie. How about that? Uh, the beginnings of his DJ career back then. Yeah. And also, like you said, it's the beginning of uh, what's going to be your last two years are going to be completely different than your first two. Yeah. Um, you get, you, you started every single game, junior and senior year. Mm-hmm. Uh, you become a fixture in that in, in that lineup. Um, you know, one thing I wanted to ask you about is at the end of your junior year, Pearl leaves. Mm-hmm. How much confidence or what was the feeling then with him leaving and a, a young Sherman Douglas on the roster who really hadn't played a whole lot as a freshman? Um what were your thoughts regarding the transition there at point guard? Were you were you high on Sherman? Oh yeah, Sherman. You know, when you're practicing, you play with the guys, you know, and his uh, just um, tenaciousness, and he's you know he's a warrior. He won't back down. He might you know, and he was even smaller you know than he is now. When he you know in college, he was probably I don't God. 160 maybe or something like that. He was, you know, it's 5'10 or 5'11, uh, you know, probably not six foot. Uh, Which is what they listed him at. Yeah, yeah. But he was, you know, he had, you know, moves, you know, the you never knew when he was shooting a shot or is doing an alley-oop. And he kind of perfected that. And we would always see that, um, you know, and he would always go head to head with Dwayne, you know, he didn't, he didn't let up on Dwayne and uh, you know, they had some scuffles here and there, you know, and that's what, that's how, you know, that's when, when someone's ready, you know, they're not going to back down. And, um, and then Sherman, you know, Sherman came, came onto his own that, that junior year. And uh, uh, you know, one thing I noticed more so my junior year about uh, Sherman and I knew he was going to be a, professional he was the only guy that paid attention to the film i mean really paid attention to the film where he's asking questions you know what about this and what about i said you know when it was i don't know if you remember when he was coming out in senior year um you know it's question whether he would would make the league or not and i would always say just because of that he's gonna make it that's you know that's that those are the things that what are you doing that someone else is not doing to give you an advantage and that's one of those things that I always contribute to uh, to to Sherman as doing something that no one else is is doing to that degree um, I, I knew that because it, you know that shows his commitment and understanding of the game and that's what you need as a point guard. And I think that served them well playing in the NBA. Oh, and yeah, my first year on the beat was his senior year. And I, I was I was amazed at, at watching him run the point. Because by then, you know, as a senior, yeah. he was fully in control. He was in charge of everything on the floor. Yeah. Um, what were your first impressions of Derek Coleman? <laughs> oh, man. Um <laughs> that was that chip on his shoulder, I think. Uh, you know, and, and I think that served him well. Uh, you know, they have that confidence. 
and his ability. Um, and uh, wherever he got that, that chip from, you know, it came out in the, in the games or in practice and so forth. Um, and, uh, you know, all the guys really just want to have fun um, and enjoy their time there um, and not take things too serious. Um, because, you know, that helps you relax and then, you know, the games and, and so forth. Um, you know, Derek wanted to win. That's bottom line. He wanted to win. And, uh, you know, he would say or do whatever so he could he could win. <laughs> yeah, I know that chip on the shoulder well. <laughs> he sometimes brought it to interviews. <laughs> well, you know, and it, 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 you know, to – from, from his standpoint, I think he – and he said it before that college was the best years of his life. And, uh, you know, him looking back and he appreciated things. And I think we all do, knowing what we know now, uh, when we look back, is that we appreciate things a lot more uh, that went through and what people did to help us and, um, and assist us. We might not have understood it all the time at the time it was going on, but in reflection, and I'm sure Derek will tell you that, you know, there's people there that, that helped him. And he, you know, he had a great experience. It wasn't all business, right? It was mm -hmm. when you're out and have fun. And uh, that's ba basically it. I and mean, I'm sure if you talk to him now, you know, NBA was, was work. What was, what was the team's attitude or, you know, what was your expectations going into your senior year? Um, oh, I was the, I was, me and Greg were the next three point shooters. <laughs> I mean, from, from my standpoint, it was, um, I didn't really shoot many three pointers. And I think that was the first year that there were, uh, I, I just remember the three point line coming, coming of age. And I was, uh, I'm trying to, I think we were kind of high in the, in the big East of finishing. Um, I remember me and Greg, his captains going down to the Big East, you know, for the, um, for the um, um, reporters or the whatever. Oh, the the preseason media day? Preseason, yeah, yeah. Meeting and so forth and going down and, and talking. And I, and I learned, actually, I learned a lot from that, from just the questions <laughs> that were, people were asking. I didn't know what we were, but they were asking these questions. So I guess I learned learned about what, what we were going to be. And those were the things that came up. And those were the questions that were asked about, you know, um, what, but mostly a lot about the three-point line and so forth. And I probably took taken my senior year, maybe five threes and probably most of them were last second shots, you know, that, that you just throw up. Um, I, I was always the kind of guy that, you know, the closer you can shoot, the more higher percentage you would get. So it made sense. Um, and no need to shoot as far out. And not that I couldn't, I just, it was just so much easier in the way I played that I was able to get closer. So when did that team or when did you personally begin to think we have a shot to go all the way? <laughs> um, it's, it's funny you asked that. I see. Um, so the start of the tournament, I think I remember saying, um, 
I wanted to play. And it probably was a question that was asked similar to what you're asking. And I said, I want to play the last game. My mistake was not saying I want to win the last game. <laughs> so my goal was already shot. You know, that's it already shot down. Um, <laughs> you have to be I reflect specific. on that every now and then. I was like, God, I had the wrong goal. Yeah, I played the last game, but what about winning the last game? Um, I think um, <laughs> I remember talking to Bernie. He says it's up to Ronnie. Ronnie's got to play well for us to, to do that. Um, That's interesting because yeah, Ronnie did. Randy, you know, it was up to Ronnie, you know, because sometimes Ronnie, you know, he would start reading newspaper articles and then that would be, that would be it. Um, uh, and, uh, you know, we know we needed to get him the ball initially, you know, the, you know, get a couple of baskets and then, you know, he'd play better defense. Um, you know, he was a great athlete, even, you know, first coming in, he was raw from basketball, but, you know, he was, he was always athletic and, you know, he worked hard uh, to get where he was by senior year, uh, his senior year. Um, and, you know, he had a great pro career. Um, but I don't think um, – I think once Providence beat Georgetown, I think we had – you know, because Georgetown had our number that year, I think, you know. But Providence – we had Providence number. So, but, you know, we had beat them three times, I believe, prior to. And then the odds are like, oh, gee, you know, you start, things start running through your head. Well, you know, it's tough to beat somebody four times. But, we, uh, yeah, but I think around then is when Providence beat Georgetown, I think. And I think we had beat North Carolina or, or the game before that. I can't remember totally, but. Um, I think that's when uh, I thought we could we could win. Well, going back to what you said about Ronnie, you know, in the Sweet 16, you beat Florida with Dwayne Sinchus, <laughs> you know, an All-American center for Florida. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, in the, in, the, in the Elite Eight, you beat North Carolina, which had J.R. Reed. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and Kenny, um, Ant, um, Kenny Smith. Scott yeah. Williams. Yeah. Yeah, they had, so, they know, had a great team. Another big guy. Yeah. Um, so anyway, we matched right, so, up well against them. I think the matchups were well. I think I might have had an advantage being more of a moving small forward than uh, I can't remember if it was Wolf or one of the other guys. I can't remember totally, but they're three man. But he was bigger and slower. I think um, so. We had a. I think we had we had more of an advantage. Uh, more dynamic, you know. When we played man, <laughs> I was sick of sick of a dog that game. I think, you know, I think a lot of times when people are sick or players, they they just play and that, you know, nothing else goes through their mind. They're just playing. I mean, you can count how many players saying they were sick <laughs> and how what great games they had. And that was one of them. I couldn't. I kept asking coach to take me out. He wouldn't take me out. <laughs> I was dying. I had, you know, I was the cold or the flu, cold or something. I could barely breathe, and it carried over actually into Final Four too. I was sick, and I think it, by the last game, I might have, might have been feeling better. But um, all right, so we got to jump to the championship game. 
Yeah. You weren't specific at the start of the tournament, so you made the final game, but there's now there's there's no guarantee about winning. What are your memories? What stands out when you think back to that game against Indiana? Oh, we didn't want to play UNLV. I thought I thought our matchup on UNLV might not have been the been the greatest. Um, I thought we matched up better with with Indiana. And um, I thought we had a solid plan going into the game. Not let Steve Alper shoot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good plan. <laughs> so, so it didn't work out well the first half. He had seven threes, you know, record. It probably still stands. Uh, and uh, I don't know, you know, what happened. You know, he's running off screens and so on. If nobody could – it's like nobody could stay with him. Or, or, you know, we were, I think, playing zone, man, you know, that first half. And – um, and I just remember other thing getting called for some um, ghost fouls. I mean, I think I wasn't even on the one side of the court, and they called a foul on me. So I, I think I was in foul trouble. I think the first half, or or somewhere around there. I remember having sitting and like, what the world's going on? I remember two calls, two fouls that were just wasn't even near the person, and they called them on me. Um, if I ever see those refs again. Uh, but, you know, these are just kind of excerpts and, and, you know, things that kind of remember that kind of stuck out. Um, you know, I think defensively we we played pretty good other than, you know, controlling Alfred from that standpoint. I think our offense was pretty steady. Um Going, going along, except for, you know, fouls when I came out. I really wanted to play it as much as possible in, in that game. And then, you know, the first half went out. I didn't realize he had that many threes the first half. And coach was coach was pissed, to say the least. Then we came out second half, and we had some different defensive strategies, you know, triangle and two, diamond and one, I think we were kind of using on, on Alfred and so forth. But he didn't score in the second half, I don't believe. So that part worked. And then, um, but another guy, I don't know what happened. Well, I do know now what happened, but I didn't know at the time what happened with Keith Smart come second half. Tell us what happened. <laughs> so I learned after, you know, we did a podcast uh, uh, several months ago. And, and that was one of the questions that I asked. I was like, you know, it's like you were possessed the second half. You know what? And the world happened. He said, uh, Coach um, Coach Knight told him he needed to play or else he wasn't going to be there next year. Because I could never understand how, you know, motivated someone came out in the second half, how quick and, uh, you know, explosive he was. And, you know, he, he just took everything. He was going up over Ronnie. I mean, he was just kind of everywhere on the court. You know, and in the in the uh, uh, the recruiting, you know, the, uh, the stats on him was that he wasn't a shooter; or could shoot. So, you know, that all. I mean, I listened to that, and I understood. You know, going in, the, you know, it was an important game, and who was who was the shooters and who not to. And uh, you know, he just came out really explosive, and, and that was important to, you know, it's kind of understanding what, what really was going on in his mind and what was going on and, 
and the transition and, and so forth in, in the games because that was always a question to me. I thought maybe he was on drugs or something that came out. <laughs> <laughs> like, did they drug test him? You know, and then, uh, but it was, you know, Coach Knight knew how to motivate. Um, and he definitely motivated uh, Keith. And, uh, and we were kind of going, you know, back and forth and it was tight. It was funny. It was about, I think Derek was on the free throw line. I was at center court either with Greg or Sherman. And I said, hey, we can win this game. And that was like the first realization, thinking I, that we had a chance to win. And then, um, then we didn't. <laughs> I think it was about two minutes left at the time. Oh, so it was uh, not, not the we last up, I think we were up three or three or four at the time. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it, it just came to me that, hey, you know, we could we could win this. We could win this game. Um, I thought we were playing pretty good from an offense standpoint. And uh, but, you know, Keys was Swiss cheesing us on, on, on defense. And he but he was really the only one really scoring, I think. And in, in the last few minutes of the game. Um, you know, we missed a couple of one-on-ones. I think I made the first and missed the second. Um, and uh, Derek missed the front end. And I think Keith got in, actually went all the way to the other end to score. Um, and then we uh, kind of transitioned. How the, you know, how the end went was, um, I think we were in triangle in two. I was at the top of the um, triangle. And uh, the ball was moving around on the outside, and it went into to um, to their big man, which I forget if it was Garrett. Um, so I doubled down, helping Ronnie, and uh, he kicked it back out to Keith. Keith dot took one dribble or dotted to the to the end line. You know, went up. I'm thinking, hey, he's, that's what we want. We want him to shoot a jump shot. Right. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, he's not a shooter. So I just, you know, just put my hand up from a contest standpoint. And, you know, he made it, and that kind of devastated us all. Um, and I, I think we weren't sure if we had timeouts left. And I think that was kind of our lapse because we allowed maybe 12 seconds to go off the clock um, before we ended up calling a timeout or we did call timeout, uh, the refs didn't see me. I can't remember because I remember holding up my hand, but I'm looking around and nobody's else is saying timeout. <laughs> I, like, took my hand down. like, oh, maybe we don't have timeouts. <laughs> uh, then we finally, uh, you know, called timeout, and I think we had four or five seconds left. Um, we got a little bit less than a minute left, Howard. Yeah. Um, that was a brutal loss. Does yeah. it, are you over it or does it still stick in your craw? Um, I, I always say, we, you know, one day we we're going to win that game. And I think the 2003 championship was that uh, when I wasn't on the team, but um, it was in the same place, similar situations. I just knew we were going to win. It was just that uh, redemption. And that was the redemption, I think, that um, – happen you know everybody always say oh, we didn't lose we ran out of time so yeah uh, the time extended to that to there well, so that's what about maybe the some parallel too. universe we won i don't know <laughs> well unfortunately we're running out of time here too but um i just want to thank you for coming on the podcast this was a lot of fun 
it yeah. flew by. I want to thank Howard for joining me on the podcast today. And thanks to you out there as well for listening in. Please subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcast and follow all of our complete coverage of Syracuse basketball on Syracuse.com. Until next time on the Inside Syracuse Basketball Podcast, I'm Mike Waters.